0: friend, I have a favor to ask. I'm running as a hero in the 2023 St. Jude Memphis Marathon weekend. St. Jude heroes are runners who fundraise while they train for their race. And I am proud to be a part of this nationwide alliance against childhood cancer. I want to help make sure that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus solely on helping their child live. Your donation, no matter the size, will help. Will you help me reach my fundraising goal? please visit my fundraising page to show your support at fundraising.stjude.org slash go to Donita J. That's D-O-N-I-T-A-J. There's a link in the show notes. I can't thank you enough for helping the kids of St. Jude. Are you a new runner or thinking about starting to run? Then this episode is for you. We're going to discuss some running tips to get you started. Even if you've been running for a while, Listen in for a refresher. I got a lot of value just putting this information together. Great reminders. So listen into to episode five of the official triathlete podcast. Welcome to the official triathlete podcast, where you will learn about all things triathlon from the very basics of multi-sport training and racing tips, overall health and mindset practice, and how to blend life demands with fitness goals. I'm Danita, a board certified registered nurse, coach, triathlon and swimming official, and seasoned triathlete. I especially love helping aspiring and beginner athletes, as well as accomplished ones, achieve those goals you've dreamed of. Head on over to trynursecoaching.com to find more great info, and while you're there, grab a copy of my free triathlon lingo and etiquette cheat sheet. Let's get started. Hello my friends and fellow athletes. Thanks for tuning in. I am so grateful that you are here. Before we get started with running tips, here's a little message from my newest program, Train With Heart. I believe training requires more than just physical development. It's my mission to develop the whole athlete. And so, my newest program not only develops and prepares the body for improved athletic performance, but aims to improve the whole person through healing, empowerment, awareness, reflection, and transformation – So each episode, we start with a short message centered around one of these elements. Today, we are going to wrap up our first round of heart and discuss transformation. Does the word transformation seem a little bit overwhelming to you? After all, it feels a bit deeper and more empowering than self-awareness. Transformation sounds like a complete reshaping or making a big shift into something that we are not. And though this could be the case, I implore you to consider that transformation does not have to be a massive change. Yes, in the process of transformation, we become conscious of the things we don't like about ourselves and actively seek betterment. It takes bravery to face the unpleasant. It takes hard work and discipline to modify behavior and mindset so that we may refine and mold ourselves into what we want to be. Recognizing and confronting truths is surely not easy. Maybe you've gained weight. That's probably not hard for you to recognize, but facing the truth of your behaviors and habits that led to the weight gain and taking action to lose the weight is a bit harder. Harder than something physical, such as weight gain, is facing our self limiting thoughts. What do you tell yourself over and over without even realizing it? Once you can recognize it, then what? How do you stop those plaguing thoughts? The action of stopping your inner critic takes significant effort. But let's break this down and start with one simple action. Remember that transformation starts with just a tiny speck of hope. Give yourself a little bit of grace. Your life can be transformed if you simply take action on that little bit of hope you may have tucked away, but it's there. So today, let's focus on that one actionable step you can take to start your own journey of transformation. No matter the size, small or large, a tiny change is just as valuable as a massive one. This first step is believe. Start believing. Hope is allowed out of that deep closet it's tucked in when we stop telling ourselves that we are the way we are, that we can't change, that there's no hope. Stop telling yourself that You can't lose weight. Stop saying, I'm just chuppy and there's nothing I can do about it. Stop telling yourself that you can't do anything about it, whatever it is. How about this one? Stop telling yourself that the world is out to get you. Stop saying, nothing ever goes well for me. How about this? I've heard so many times over the years, I wish I could do a triathlon, but I'm too out of shape or I don't know how to swim, or fill in the blank. I've heard all kinds of reasons or excuses. When you tell yourself that you can't do something, you don't try. Evaluate. Why are you telling yourself that story? Is it really because you can't? Or are you afraid of something that isn't the actual truth? In that example, you want to do a triathlon, but you can't swim. Why can't you swim? Because you don't know how? Because you have a physical limitation, or is it because you're afraid you won't be good at it fast or you'll look ridiculous in front of others? So you don't know how to swim. Learn. Find a coach or a friend to show you how, and then practice. So you have a physical limitation. Is that really stopping you? Sometimes it will be the cause to not participate, but let me just share with you In my years of triathlon, I have seen many people participate with a disability or limitation of some sort. At the swim exit of most triathlons, you will find inhalers, glasses, and all kinds of other aids. I have seen many times athletes missing limbs that still find a way to participate, people that can still swim, bike, and run with one arm, or an innumerable list of physical limitations. In fact, Several people on my multi-sport team participate as guides for visually impaired athletes. Check out No Sight, No Limits, and you will see some incredible people. These amazing athletes put a significant amount of trust into their guides, and they participate through a tethered swim, a tandem bike, and a tethered run. Now, talk about some drive and determination. Some people that may have had to battle and overcome self-limiting beliefs— I can't speak for them. I can only imagine the courage it takes, and it must have started with a speck of hope. And I know it's because they believe in themselves. So if you can learn how to do something, and you can overcome a physical limitation if you have one, but you are still telling yourself that you can't, why? Is it fear? Fear of what? Being slow? Being last? Looking ridiculous? Are you afraid of what other people will think? If you're allowing those thoughts to stop you, I challenge you to go to a local triathlon or running race and just observe. What you will see is a variety of people, all doing things their own way. You will see all kinds of ability levels, all different speeds. You will see all different body shapes and sizes. Watch the finish line and stay until the end and watch the people who come in last. Watch how athletes interact. I think you would find that people are kind and encouraging to everyone. I'll put some links in the show notes, but watch some videos from an Ironman finish line when the last participant crosses, just barely making the cutoff time. Watch the crowd's excitement, and watch the athletes who are so proud of themselves for finishing, even finishing last. And I'll link to a really great article spotlighting the heaviest woman to finish a marathon You can read about Jennifer Smith, who weighed in at 346 pounds and had to overcome some challenges, but committed to finishing a 26.2-mile race. And despite the challenges she faced, she did just that. She finished a marathon. And here's a little quote from that article. She said, Doing all of this makes me want to be a role model and be a face out there that encourages people to get moving. People tell me they can't do a 5K. They say it's too much. I started at an hour and a half going three miles. If I can do it, so can you. So let loose and take a risk. Stop caring what others may think. Evaluate what's holding you back and take action. Self-transformation is possible, and it starts with a tiny speck of hope and a belief in yourself. Okay, today I'm going to give you a few beginner tips for running. Maybe you want to do a 5K or a half marathon with a friend. Maybe you want to lose some weight and get fit. Maybe you're looking for a new activity that is super cheap, starting a new healthy lifestyle, looking for ways to be more energized and rejuvenated. Whether you're just starting to run or you've been running for a while, this information is for you. Benefits of running include improved mood, energy boosts, better sleep, increased confidence, And improved overall health. Running is one of the cheapest forms of exercise. All you really need is a pair of running shoes and some clothes to run in. Sure, you can spend a lot of money on super great running shoes, but you don't have to. I go through so many pairs of shoes, I've found a few brands that I like, and I typically spend about $40 on a pair of shoes. Here's a tip on how to make your shoes last longer rotate between two or three different pairs. It's like, giving your shoes a rest day. By doing this, the foam in the shoe has a chance to bounce back from the compression and dry out from sweat. As for running clothes, you don't need anything fancy. A t-shirt and sweatpants does the trick. Now, of course, it is nice to have clothes that are designed for running. Moisture wicking and form-fitted clothes are ideal, but you don't have to spend a lot of money on that either. Buy on clearance or just Google cheap running clothes. Over time, you will find styles and brands that you like, and maybe you spend a little bit more money. However, I know a guy that's been running for years and years that wears his running shorts until they are so worn out that his wife makes him buy a new pair because she's thrown them away. Like when the fabric is so thin that you can almost see through, you don't have to let it go that far. A watch is nice, but you don't need a specific sports watch with a GPS and other settings. It is okay to just go out for a run and not measure paces, heart rate, or whatever else. Just decide how long you're going to go run for and go. So adopt the mindset of a runner. Do you run? Then you're a runner. Set the fear of judgment aside. Your pace and the distance you can or do run don't matter. It's not about anyone else. It's only about you. The first step is believing that you are a runner and then running. So I've got five ways to adopt the mindset of a runner. Number one, start small, even with just two minutes. Make it easy to get started and just start showing up. Starting small will help you develop consistency and make running a regular routine. Number two, turn intention into action. Running is something that you get to do, not have to do. Change your mindset and convince your brain that running is something that you do want to do. Parts of our brain sometimes create resistance, so you may need to remind those parts that you want to run and that you enjoy it. Number three, remind yourself that slow progress is not equal to no progress. Muscle memory takes time to develop. Consistency is more important than speed or distance. A micro step forward is still forward. Even if it feels like you've taken a few steps back, like me right now that's running about two minutes per mile slower than my typical average, the micro step forward is putting on my shoes, stepping out my door and running, even if it is mostly walking sometimes. Number four, grit is as important as growth. Determination produces results. It's not always easy to get up and go for a run, but your determination to accomplish your goal leads to showing up and doing it. And number five, Reward yourself after victory, even if it's a small win. What are some healthy rewards for your accomplishments? Maybe don't always reward yourself with a candy bar or bag of chips. How about a really yummy protein shake? I have a go-to recipe I use after really long or hard runs. It tastes like a birthday cake milkshake. Oh my God, it's so good. Maybe you can set a larger goal for a larger reward, like if I run four times a week for six weeks, I'm going to get a new Garmin watch. Think about what might be rewarding for you and then set your goals. So now let's discuss building a foundation. You don't need to go out and run your fastest and hardest every time you run. One of my previous coaches taught me, go slow to go fast. Start at a slower pace so that you can go further over time. It's worth the time to build a strong foundation that builds long-term joy and prevents long-term injury. Here are a few things to do before, during, and after a run. Before. Set a goal and write it down. Remind yourself of the benefits of running. Maybe they even relate to your goals. Stretch. Perform some dynamic stretches. This is the active stretching where you move in ways that loosen your muscles and joints. Using full range of motion gets the muscles warmed up and reduces stiffness. Squats and hip openers are great. Warm up with light cardio. Give your heart a head start by slowly increasing your heart rate so it's ready to expand and contract, accommodating the increase of blood flow. Brisk walking or jumping jacks works well. During your run, focus on your breathing. In through your nose, out through your mouth. Stay at a pace that you can control your breath. Listen to your body. Try not to overexert yourself. A good portion of your run should be at a pace that you can maintain a light conversation. Be aware of your form. There are lots of ways to improve form, but start with the basics. Push your shoulders back and down, push your pelvis forward, and keep your chin up. It is so easy to find yourself hunched over and looking at the ground right in front of your feet. You're not doing yourself any favors in this position, so lift your chin and keep your gaze about 10 feet in front of you. Pull those shoulders back so that your back is straight. Activate your large muscles to push your body. Squeeze those glutes, baby. Your butt muscles are big and strong. After the run, cool down. Gradually bring your heart rate and breathing effort down after a run. It's hard on your body to just abruptly stop, so take a few minutes to slow down. Walk for a few minutes and let your heart rate recover from the intense work. And stretch. It's always a great idea to perform at least a few stretches after a run, especially those calves, hamstrings, and quads. And keep track of your progress. Write down or store things like the amount of time you ran. If you measured the distance or have a way to track your pace, that's good stuff to keep track of too. Maybe write down how often you had to walk. There are plenty of apps you can install on your phone to track some of these metrics. Many are free. MapMyRun and Strava are good apps. So before we wrap up, I can't talk about running without mentioning good safety practices. Sorry, it's the mom and the nurse in me. Have to do it. Take active steps for your safety. If you can run with a partner or a group, great. I typically run alone though. So here's a few of the many things that I do. Be visible. This one bothers me the most. Be visible. Please do not run in all dark clothes, especially when it's dark outside. Wear bright colors, use reflective products and lights if you can. Run against traffic if you're on a road. That way you can see cars coming towards you. I also am kind of mindful of parked cars, and I try not to run just right next to them. I might go to the other side of the street or at least to the middle of the street if I can. Stay aware. Don't get lost in your music or, um, podcast. (laughs) Make sure you can hear what's going on around you. I usually wear just one earbud. Alternate your route so that you're not in the same place at the same time every day that someone with ill intentions can predict. Make sure someone knows you are out for a run, about when to expect you back, and about where you will be. So if you have a live-in partner or roommate, make sure they know. If you don't live with someone, try and think of someone else that can be that person for you. When I was single, I always communicated with my mom or one of my best friends. Someone always knows when I'm running. I highly recommend an app that I use. By the way, I don't get anything for making this recommendation. I really do recommend it and have for years. It's called the Road ID app. There is a fee for use, but it's small and totally worth it. It's really simple to set up. When I go for a run or a bike, I open the app, tap start, and my husband, or whoever else I might set up, gets an alert that I've left for the activity. There is a GPS tracker, so he can access my location at any time. If I'm still for more than five minutes, he gets an alert with the location that there's a potential problem. And then when I get home, I stop the tracker. It gives you an option to send an alert to the person letting them know that you're done. Thankfully, I have never had an emergency, but I can tell you it works. I've crossed paths with friends before and got to chatting, Next thing I know, my husband is calling because he got an alert that I hadn't moved in more than five minutes. One time, I was in Little Rock with my family, and I went on a 100-mile training ride. After climbing a mountain, I was exhausted. So I stopped at a gas station and got a banana and fresh water and totally lost track of time. Mom got the alert and checked in. I might have gotten a little bit of trouble for wearing her like that, but uh, we moved past it. So I definitely recommend the app. Plus, it tracks your running metrics. And since I'm on road ID, please also carry some form of identification and ideally the information for your emergency contact. Let me just tell you, I've been a nurse for a long time. I've worked in the emergency department and I've worked with lots of paramedics and EMTs. Please do not rely on your phone as your identification and contact source. Emergency responders do their best, but your phone is not their priority. You are. If you've dropped your phone, they may not find it and take it to the ED with you. And even if they do, in an emergency, things get misplaced. Everyone is focused on getting you the emergency care that you need first. Then, when things have settled down, they worry about who to contact. If you are unconscious or do not have the ability to give them important information, they are stuck and your people won't be contacted. Road ID has lots of different ways to wear your identification. Neck tags, shoe tags, wristbands, ankle bands, etc. I wear a small bracelet with my name, year of birth, city I live in, my husband and my mom's phone number, and my allergies. It's priceless information for emergency caregivers, I promise. All right, folks, I've gone on long enough. Would you like a copy of my free ebook, Everything You Need to Know to Start Running? It's full of great information, like more details on all the things we talked about today, as well as some beginner running plans, running nutrition, gear suggestions, running form suggestions, and tips for improvement. Head over to TryNurseCoaching.com slash freebies to get your free copy. That's all for now. Thanks for tuning in. I would love to hear from you. So if you have topic ideas or questions you would like for me to discuss on the show, visit trinursecoaching.com. And for more great info, join my Facebook group, The Official Triathlete Academy. Check the show notes for links. Love the show? Please subscribe, leave a review, and be sure to tell your friends. And remember, do things that are hard.